In the holy name of Jesus. Up until today, this whole thing had been going so well. For weeks, Jesus has been busy changing everything and everybody in his path, changing water into wine and prophecy into fulfillment and sinners into saints and sick folks into brand new creations and fishermen into fishers of men and changing all of us too as we watched and as we listened into his community into one, into his disciples who care for the poor and the hungry and the weeping and bring the beauty of Jesus Christ to an ugly, sinful world. In fact, Jesus has been so focused on changing us, righting our wrongs and making all things new, that even after his transfiguration last Sunday, he refused to relax and enjoy the view. Instead, it was typical Jesus. As soon as Moses and Elijah and his heavenly father were done with him, it was back down the mountain with Peter and James and John. Why? Because at the bottom of the mountain, there was a young boy who was possessed by a demon that regularly threw him into the fire. And there were still some disciples who were arguing about who was the greatest in the kingdom of God. And there were still some scribes and Pharisees who didn't get it. And there is still dead Lazarus who is in need of a resurrection. And there is still an empty cross outside Jerusalem waiting for a sacrifice. Jesus does not have time to relax and enjoy the view. This must happen. It is his one and only opportunity to save the world. In Scripture, great opportunity always brings great temptation. When we meet Jesus today, he has just been baptized. That was a glorious day. It was another epiphany. It was another transfiguration. As the heavens opened and his father bellowed out, that's my boy. He named him at his baptism the way we name our children. That's my beloved son. And the Holy Spirit anointed him, marking him as the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. That same spirit then pushed him out into the wilderness, all alone and with the wild beasts and with Satan. In Scripture, great opportunity always brings great temptation. But here is the strange thing. While the thought of coming face to face with Satan is frightening for us, shaped as we are by the exorcist and the omen and poltergeist, the great temptations of Christ today are so common and so familiar that they are almost comfortable. Jesus is hungry, and the temptation is to feed himself. 
Jesus is on the way to the cross, and the temptation is to avoid that pain. Jesus is in danger, and the temptation is to find himself a safe way out. All of that tells us something about temptation and about sin. Sin is not always a U-turn. Sin is not always some grand rebellion. Sometimes, sin is just settling for less. Sometimes sin is just failing to do what is best in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. Over the past few years, it has been fascinating to watch how things repeatedly have fallen into place for us. And today is no exception. Here we are in WBC on the very first Sunday of Lent for one mundane reason. It fit everybody's schedules. It fit ours, it fit theirs. There is no other reason that we are here on this particular day. So when I finally had a look at the appointed texts, it made me laugh out loud. Here we are at the start of a capital campaign, in the place that someday we hope to buy, and the Lord provides Deuteronomy 26 as the Old Testament reading about people being shaped into one community, about people moving to a new land, and a classic text about them bringing their first fruits to pay for it all. It is the perfect giving, tithing, capital campaign text. And preaching that text on this day, in this place, would be a breeze. But the gospel appointed for today is better still because it is bigger and clearer and sharper and it boils down everything in the Christian life to a single question is this best after years of watching and thinking and praying and singing and studying scripture together and baptizing and bringing in new members and absolving after years of being nourished by the body and blood of Jesus Christ, after listening and talking and meeting and voting and working at being one, one body, one mind, one community, one Christ, it all comes down to a single question. Is this best? Is it best to renovate? Is it best to move the school? Is it best to take this risk? Is it best to enlarge the preschool? Is it best to write grants? Is it best to staff up? Is it best to go hard? Is it best for us to give like crazy? Is this best? In the gospel for today, Jesus faces exactly the same question. Jesus is hungry. And when you are hungry, food is good but it is not always best. 
It is not best for him to turn stones to bread by himself at Satan's bidding. That steps outside his father's care. Jesus is weak. And when you are weak, power is good. But power is not always best. It is not best for Jesus to make himself strong by skipping the cross and worshiping Satan. That steps outside his father's plan. Jesus is in danger. And when you are in danger, safety is good. But it is not always best. It is not best that the baptized Son of God tempt his Father by tossing himself down from the top of the temple. That steps outside his Father's promises. Here is the point. Food and power and safety are all meant to be good things. But even good things go bad when they tempt us to step outside God's care or plan or promise. Even good things go bad when they are not what is best. Sin isn't always a U-turn. And it is not always a full-blast rebellion. Sometimes sin is so common and so normal. Sometimes sin is simply being off by yourself, settling for what is less than best. So what is best? In a word, Jesus. Jesus is best. He has spent the entire epiphany explaining that to all of us. And now we know why. Jesus is best because he is Emmanuel, God with us, hear us, hear with us, for us. Jesus is best because Jesus is beauty, the beauty of food for the poor and justice for the weak and truth for the life of the world. Jesus is best because he irritates us. He is best because he challenges us. He judges this world to be a sinful place, disrupting us and preparing us for what comes next. Lent, Jesus is best because Jesus is cross, death for the life of the world. Jesus is best because Jesus is change, and left to ourselves we die. But changed we live in a place that makes all things new and all things beautiful. Jesus is best, and there is nothing that is better for us. In a sense, this capital campaign is our time in the wilderness. It is our time in the wilderness because, like the baptized Jesus, we baptized welcome it as our Lenten discipline, our quarantine, our 40 days. We welcome it because it is a theological exercise and it is a spiritual journey. We welcome it 
because it is our chance to grow and give thanks, Eucharistia, and live in gratitude and do what is best for Christ. It is not about the money. It is about living and dying faithfully, about not wasting your life on something less than Christ himself. It is not about the land. It is about making disciples and making them stronger. It is not about the building. It is about acts of mercy and words of witness and care of the soul. It is about experiencing his gifts and being tangibly, concretely, thankful for who he is and what he does. It is about doing our best for the one who loves us, loves us so that he comes back down the mountain. It is very simply about doing what God calls us to do and being what God calls us to be. And all of that in the way of the gospel and not the law. It is about what all of us get to do in love and not what we've got to do by force. It is about our Lord Jesus Christ having the best possible use of us. It is about being Christians. It is about being disciples. It is about being community. It is about being one with Christ. It is about being little Christs to each other and those who have never heard of Christ. It is about being transfigured. It is about being morphed, changed. It is about the happiness that flows from obedience even when obedience means pursuing what is uncommon even when it's a stretch, even when it's painful. It is about being true and never settling for less than our Lord intends. A couple of things to remember then as we go forward together as one. Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit and tempted by the devil at the same time. That means being full of the Holy Spirit did not spare him the stress of temptation. In fact, the Spirit led Jesus into such things for his good and for ours. Many, many of you have been going hard and you've been doing that for a long time. You are tired, and you are pressed, and you are tested. And that feeling makes you wonder if you are on the right track. When you feel this way, check it against Jesus Christ himself. Jesus who is flesh and blood Jesus who is on the altar today for you. Jesus who is change and challenge 
and beauty and cross. And then you'll know what to do. You will know what's best. And remember this too. In the end, when Jesus is so weary, the angels come to minister to him and strengthen him. He is not forgotten, nor are you. Just behind him, in his footsteps, as his disciples, as one, all is well and all is best. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.